I'm going to count. You're going to count me down or I'm going to count you down? Whatever you want. I'll count myself down. Count yourself down. Five. I know you'd like to talk to yourself. Four, three, two, one. It's a new marketing environment. It's a new sales environment. And, you know, not every manufacturer out there is putting a significant amount of money into marketing. There are some things that manufacturing companies have done in the past that they really should just, I don't care how much you're spending on it, just take it out of your budget. I don't care if it's something that you have always, well, we've always done that. We've always had an ad in the yellow pages. Well, you know what? It's time to stop. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hey, welcome everybody. Jim here. We're coming to you from a beautiful Chicago afternoon in our studio here. And as you know, this is the podcast for manufacturing leaders we just had a great day. We just met with um, somebody that's looking at sponsoring our Making Ships show. We've had some really great inquiries so far, and actually it looks like one's going to come through, and we're all hyped up. We're ready to bring you a good quality show, and uh, Jason, what do we have on the docket for today? Well, yeah, just to make a couple comments about the sponsorship. So Jim and I have been talking with a couple companies that came to us, actually. Right. Um, that's the best kind. Yeah, of yeah, exactly. Wanting to sponsor the show. I mean, it's really not something that we were planning on. It's not the reason that we started making chips, but you know, certainly it's something that we should talk about. I mean, this this show, which we love, is definitely very time consuming and and we always want to continuously make it better. So if we can, you know, take a little bit of sponsorship money in order to, you know, save Jim and I some time and just continue to expand the show and to make the show a higher quality product, that's that's what we want to do. I agree 100%. It's all good. It was not our initial mission, but if we can make it better for our listeners, I'm all about it. Do you have any manufacturing news for us, Jim? I do, as a matter of fact. You know, it's all about workforce development nowadays. And, you know, again, everybody that listens to Making Chips knows how Jim Carr gets his uh, manufacturing news on a daily basis. And I was just uh, perusing through, and again, I see another workforce development thing that says... um, you know, the, the need for new manufacturing blood is is really rich lately. And they had a statistic that I'd like to share with you and, and our listeners. It says, a sign of a strong demand for factory skills, the unemployment rate for manufacturing in the United States was 4% compared with 5.1% for the economy as a whole. That's great. Yeah. So it's already saying, it's already calling out manufacturing and saying that, man, we really need some quality people to come into our industry. It's not your father's machine shop anymore. We all know that. We've all talked about it. Episode number seven. Episode number seven. Makingchips.com slash seven. Good thing you had that in front of you. But yeah, you know, it's all good stuff. It's a a manufacturing renaissance we're, we're heading into. I'm always happy to share this information about 
new blood, young people, new students, new sponges that will take it all in and and make a career out of it for a, a lifetime. Yeah, once again, it's time for this country to start reconfiguring its thinking and its education system in order to educate people for the manufacturing industry because the jobs are there and they pay well and it's a fulfilling industry to be in because you're actually making things you know it you're really seeing is. chips fly and you could see a physical product when you're done which is which is really awesome that's what it's all about anyway what are we going to talk about today yeah so we're going to talk about all of the maybe not all but like we're going to talk about the marketing tactics that you should stop doing right now oh there's plenty of them yeah there really you. is you know I mean, and it's a new marketing environment it's a new sales environment and you know not every manufacturer out there is putting a significant amount of money into marketing they I never think, have no manufacturers it, it, traditionally never have. they never have the job just have. came the job just yeah. came we know that we've talked about that right so to get a manufacturing company to spend a lot of money on a, on a campaign that they it's very difficult it's like pulling teeth yeah but there are some things that manufacturing companies have done in the past that they really should just I don't care how much you're spending I just take it out of your budget I don't care if it's something that you have always well we've always done that we've always had an ad in the yellow pages well you know what it's time to stop <laughs> we've always been looking through the manufacturer's directory right and exactly. you're gonna pick up the phone and cold call somebody who cold calls anymore yeah, so let's let's just kind of go yeah. through a little bit of a list. So in general, the way marketing is moving is marketing is moving more from like a interruption based marketing and which would be like, you know, your normal advertising on TV to what, what, more Can you define interrupted marketing? You, you use that word. This is the second time I heard you say it again. Interrupted okay. type marketing. What do you mean by that? Give us some, uh, some examples of okay, that. Okay, so an interruption would be one of my biggest pet peeves and one of the biggest interruptions in my life would be when somebody sends me something in the mail. Oh, that's an interruption to oh, you? Oh, absolutely. Oh, you're kidding. Now, see, no, I would not yeah. think that. I get like so much mail every day, and I don't want to go through... 10 to 20 pieces of mail, which I don't even open 90% of them. I mean, it's just, it's a waste of paper. It's a waste of their money. And it's a waste of my time. They're interrupting well, that's my really day. really interesting that you would say that. Sadly, my company still does it. You know what I mean? So right. we, send, we send flyers out. And so I'm guilty as charged. And, and I really need to look into stop doing that. So I need to, you know, kind of walk the talk. Yeah. So that would be a perfect example. So mailing list, sending information out to a mailing list when they didn't ask for it. Another one of the big interrupting marketing and sales tactics would be cold calls. And I know that you love getting cold calls, Jim. Oh. Oh, no, let me tell you, that's, that's the highlight of my day. Absolutely not. <laughs> eh, not. No, it, I think that's my biggest interrupted type thing. Yeah, and those are two, like, so my biggest thing is the mailing list. Yours is the cold calls. Yeah, oh, stop doing it. A cold call, a, a cold call on the phone, but then there's those cold calls where those salespeople just show up at your door. Yeah, that's another one. Gonna, think they're going to walk in and talk with me. Yeah. And, well, do manufacturing companies actually do that? Does your average job shop, I mean, do they have local... They yeah, do. Okay. I mean, I, the smaller ones do. I mean, the That's savvy, sort of a local the market. Sav yeah, the savvy ones are going to set up an appointment beforehand okay. because they know better. But some of the smaller ones that are just you know walking around trying, you know, they've probably um, targeted me already. But they th they think because we're a little smaller than the average that they're just going to you know knock on the door and be able to get. Did in. your company ever used to do cold calls we either did. over the phone or both? You you have done that in the I past. Have I have done that. 
Okay. And let me tell you, it was not my happiness. Okay. So I was not in a good place when I was doing are that. You, are you doing it anymore? No, I've stopped. Okay, good. And you I stopped just because you're so busy right now, but... Well, I've, I've stopped because we're busy and I've stopped. It's not effective. It's not an effective no, way it's to market not. your company. And I think it, it's more bothersome and, and cumbersome to people than anything else. I, I mean, I know how I feel is it's, oh, it's an interruption in my day to let that person in. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think about your son, Ryan, he comes from the very younger generation. He does. I guess I'm going to get in trouble for this. Go. You're the older no, generation. No, you're not going to get in trouble. Well, I, it's... <laughs> You're in between. I'm in between. So I'm in between between the younger and the older. And and I know I know your 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 son doesn't want to hear from people. You know? He does not want to have somebody stop by and and try to sell him something. He does not want to have somebody call on the phone and try to sell him something. I don't want that either. And I'm kind of in between, you know, the two generations. As a a matter of fact, we just had a, a steel salesman in the other day. And he wanted me to sit in with him because he didn't think he could handle it. And after we got done. He said, oh, I'm really glad you were sitting in because I wouldn't have known what to say. So they don't know. They don't know how to communicate. I mean, mm-hmm. that, is, that is a lost art in itself. And that's, another, that's a whole other issue that's that a whole, we need to deal with is the communication. Yeah. Communication's key. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So I guess another one would be if you're contributing to Yellow Pages, stop, please. God. Okay, that's enough said about that. I know. Manufacturing directory. So apparently um, Thomas Nett, who used to be the big dog in manufacturing directories, They or printed manufacturing directories. They have since discontinued that, and they're all online. But I guess there are still some manufacturing directories out there. There is. And I, I don't know the name of the one that is still valid, if you will. But I, I just got an email the other day from this one major one that wanted me to update my listing. And I thought, oh my God. Well, first of all, it was printed pretty good. And I, I didn't even want to engage with them because I, I'm not interested in having car machine and tool in a printed publication like that. It's not relevant because I know once I answer that and update my listing, they're going to want me to pay. So they're going to hammer me with emails and phone calls to try and get some money out of me to make my listing more. So it's better off not even acknowledging them. Exactly. So I didn't. Yeah. So manufacturing directories are going away. This one's going to probably be a little bit more controversial, but I would say that one of the biggest interruptions that needs to stop is spam email. And spam email can come from a lot of different directions. It could be legitimate spam email that you have no idea where you got on that particular company's list. But it also could be if I hand you my business card or I engage with you on LinkedIn, that does not mean that I want to get on your email list. I'm sorry. I just don't. I didn't ask to be on it. And I would appreciate if you didn't put me on your email list. Right. I totally agree. But you know, I think nowadays the technology that we use, Gmail, spam filters, a lot of that stuff is filtered out nowadays. And you well, don't it have is. to look at it. I mean, no, I've you got don't have four to. four different layers of spam filters on my Gmail. Oh, I do too. I, and as soon as I get an email from somebody that I shouldn't have been added to their list, I automatically create a filter. Well, first of all, I take that email and I plug them into like a separate folder. And then at some point during the week, I'll go into that folder and I'll add those 10 email addresses to a filter, which basically puts it into like an auto-delete folder. No kidding. I oh, yeah. Know, I, did, I didn't I know that technology automated. was available. That's cool. That's, yeah. I didn't know that. That's, that's I've got good a, to know. I have a very methodical way that I handle my email just because I've had the same email address for since email was invented. Right. No, not since email was invented, but since I've had email. 
But yeah, so I'm, I'm very methodical. Age. Yeah. So if, if anybody wants to know my methods, I would be happy to share it. It's pretty simple, actually. But yeah, it's I would say that that's a huge one. Don't add people to your email list. They don't want to be on it. It's more discouraging than anything. And then you know, this is a little strange for us to be saying this since we just talked about having ad support on this podcast, but, you know, radio ads. And when I say radio ads, what I'm talking about is radio ads for a general audience. You know, making chips, we are a very specific podcast radio show, and we have a very specific audience, and we're going to have very specific um, sponsors. But for your general news or um, talk show or music, even if, if it's for a local environment, I mean, what is that radio ad really doing for you? Right. It's, they're just pushing out as, to as much as, as they can. It's not targeted at all. And there's no, so it's many, not targeted. There's so many ways that you can target your approach nowadays. You know, I've talked about Facebook campaigns. It's, it's a new way to target market your company to the people that you really want to get in front of. And that's a brilliant way to get and pay for a really narrow niched target audience. I just think there's better ways to, to spend your marketing budget rather than putting, you know, a $500 yellow page ad or putting it in a manufacturing directory or anything else. So what else do you have in there? What, okay, so what, what are some other ways that we can just kill all this old school? Yeah, so one of the last mentality. ones, and, and this is one that you put on your list, so you can expound on this a little bit more, but line cards, facilities lists, and brochures. Yeah, well, brochures, I think they're still relevant to some regard. Line cards, you know, I remember people talking about line cards 20 years ago. It doesn't seem like it's... When you go to a networking event, which is, I think, and I know you agree with me too, Jason, I think that's the first place where you start the engagement of your prospect. You're, you're not going to say, well, here's my business card and here's a line card. I think what's appropriate nowadays is you make that connection, you exchange your business cards, you tell them your elevator pitch, and then you wait for that prospect to say, What's the next step? Can you tell me more? Can you give me more? And then they ex you exchange the corporate snapshot, which our good friend in marketing, Julie Poulos, had explained to us on a prior episode number... 21. Nice. So that's where I think that it's going. You know, you can email that corporate snapshot, or if you would like, you can print it out, have it printed out, and, and you can mail it to him. Or if, you're, if, he, if that person's there in your facility and you happen to have one, great. It's a quick, really quick way to visualize and promote your business right there, rather than having a line card that says, we have five CNCs and it's this big by this big by this big. I, I think that all of the... The, <laughs> the customers say, what is that going to do for me? Yeah, because you know a lot of people aren't really savvy in the fact they may not know. I might tell them that we have a machine that's X, Y, Z. But it's, it's all about what's in it for me. And if, if the dimensions of that CNC machine is meaningless to what's in it for that buyer, well, why, all they why, wanna, why are you trying to give it to yeah, them? Yeah, all they want to do is they want, they want me to take away their pain. Exactly. They really don't care if I, I have a machine that's this big, ABC. They want to send me a print. They want to know how I feel. They want to know the culture. They want to know how I exhibit myself and present myself because that's going to translate, I think, into what I can do for them as a customer. If I'm sincere and I show that and I convey that message to them and then I can follow it up with a corporate snapshot, they send me a print and I say, I can, t I can, I can do that. If not, I'll pass. So you're telling me that customers don't care 
about the, the exact size. type of machine that they you have. They don't really care that my machine goes 1,200 inches a minute or it's got a 40-tool carousel or that it's got through the spindle coolant. They just want to know, can, can I Can you take my pain away? Can I take their pain away? And yeah. can can I machine this part from this print that they're going to email me tomorrow? That's all they really want to know at the end of the day. And I think that there's just a better, more savvy and conventional way of doing it nowadays. And that's all they really care about. Okay. The so days of line cards and facilities lists, you know, send me your facilities list. I really, d- does a buyer really want to go through five pages and see that I have three Bridgeport milling machines and two uh, surface grinders? You know, I just think it's a cumbersome way. Just send me the print. I'll tell you in 30 seconds if I can do it or not. Exactly. So, Manufacturers, if you have a line card, if you have a facilities list, if you have a, I'm throwing up quote signs, a brochure in the traditional sense, listen to episode number 21, makingchips.com slash 21, find out about a corporate snapshot and start really thinking about putting that together and using it as a tool to hand out when the customer asks you for that corporate snapshot. And what I'd like to say is I think it's the next step after your elevator pitch. Exactly. It's not the first thing that you do. You don't throw it at them immediately. No. And, and so if you're sending out mailing lists, if you're doing cold calls, if you're contributing to Yellow Pages, if you're if you're contributing to manufacturing directories, and if you're sending out spam email, really think about stopping that and really think about the new type of manufacturing that sh- you should be doing. Yep. Why don't we talk about where you should be putting your money now that you know now that you freed up part of your budget? So I guess that's what we would call like inbound or permission-based marketing. So permission-based marketing would be, you know, delivering an expected, usually personal and relevant message to someone who actually wants that message. Okay, so as an example, somebody opts into your email list. So they say to you, Jim Carr, I want to know on a monthly basis what's going on at Car Machine and Tool, what's going on in Jim's head, what's happening on the shop floor, because I I have that personal relationship with you. And I want to know every month that I'm getting that car machine e-newsletter and I want to find out what's going on. And so they expect that it's personal because it's coming from Jim Carr or it's coming from Ryan Carr and it's relevant to them because they want to understand what's going on in your shop. Right. Exactly. I could, you couldn't have said that any better. How do you convey that message? Other than an email through social, you could convey that. I mean, you're, you could send it out in social, but I mean, the, to me, this is about putting together an email list. And, and that doesn't mean that when you meet someone, you add them to your email list. Don't do that. You know, no, you know, let, you can let them know that you have a newsletter and that they can subscribe to it, but don't just add them. Right. Because then it, then it becomes, it becomes spammy. Yeah. You know, it's something that they didn't expect and it becomes impersonal and irrelevant at that point. You bet. I mean, even if you have 20 people on your email list, just do it, Right. you know? Right. I mean, making chips, we're building our email list, and we, we've got a decent number of people on there, but it's not, it's not thousands. No. But, you know, for the people that, that get our, our emails on a weekly basis, they, they obviously really enjoy them because they're opening them. Sure. So the next type of marketing that I think is really relevant is going to be your inbound marketing. So that's when you produce content that makes it easy for for your customers to find you when they need to find out about you or they need to find some information about something that you publish content about. It's it's really more of a customer-centric approach. So you're saying, you're going to tell the world, I'm going to 
write a blog post about 3D printing as it relates to this segment of the machining industry. And then when somebody goes to search, that comes up and they're able to read about something that you are an expert in that they wanted to find out about. So this could be on your website. It could be a blog. It could be a, um, it even could be a webinar. Right. All really relevant ways to communicate in 2015. Absolutely. So, you know, John, that's where they need to put their money. Yeah, absolutely. So John Bocklin in episode number 22, he's a great example of somebody that is doing inbound marketing right. So if you listen to our episode number 22, you'll understand who John is. And if you go to John's website, you'll really see what he's doing in this space. So he's doing webinars as it relates to machining of 3D printed parts. And he's really trying to educate the industry about the 3D printing as it relates to the machining industry. And he's doing webinars and he's doing social as it, as it relates to that too. And so for customers that want to search for that type of information, they're finding John and you know they're engaging with him. Absolutely well said, Jason. Because really the main focus of this podcast today was things to stop doing right now. They're not relevant anymore. If we had to compartmentalize three things that we think manufacturing leaders should stop doing with regards to conventional marketing, what should those three things be right now? Let's bullet them out, let's call them out, and let's put them on the plate. I'm going to give you the first one. Go. Cold calling. Okay. Either on the phone or showing up at the front door. Done. It's not relevant anymore. It's a waste of time. It's a total interruption. I get pissed off when people do that to me. So I think it needs to stop now. Your turn. Well, I already mentioned this, but um, spam no, well, email. Spam email. Yeah. That's a big interruption for you. Absolutely. Okay. Lastly, I think, is yellow pages and manufacturing directories. I think they're done. I don't think, I do not think new millennials even know what those are anymore. And if you put one in front of them, they won't even know how to, how to use it. Right. So they don't even know where to find the table of contents. Don't invest your money in manufacturing directories or yellow pages anymore. And again, this is our opinion. We're not telling everybody what to do. This is just our opinion. Yeah, but it's a very strong opinion. It is. I've got a couple. <laughs> I've got a couple more things. I've got a couple old school approaches which I actually like. Okay. okay. Here so we go. Here we could, go. You could let me the know. Young, the what young you guys think. talking about old school approaches. I okay. love this. I can't wait to hear it. A personal thank you note. Oh no, that's brilliant. No, that's awesome. I could not agree more. A birthday card. Ooh. How do you know their birthday? Well, maybe you're pretty good friends with them. Okay. Maybe they told you. Okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe. don't okay. get their birthday in a you know, creepy it's a, way. It's a personal touch. I, and personal I like touch, that. Yeah. I like that. That's a great style. If for some reason you have it, you know what I mean? I'm kind of surprised that you said that, Jason. Well, you know, I mean. Do you know what my birthday is? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what mine is? I don't. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know when your birthday is. All right. Anyway. All right. Yeah. Moving on. No, this is good. This is good banter. So the next old school approach that I think is is interesting is, and I think you kind of just used this recently. So if you happen to be going on vacation, this is really going to be really convoluted and weird, Jim. If you happen to be going on vacation into a certain area or just going to a certain area for some, some reason, say you have customers across, across the country, ask the customer if you can stop and see them for a plant tour. 
I love that. I think it's a great way. Anytime you can get in front of the customer, yeah, it's, say always, you're like, it's always a win-win. Yeah, say you're like a um, third-tier supplier for like a Boeing or something. I'm just making something up for Boeing, and you happen to be going out to California. I mean, ask your contact if you can you know, come in and visit them and go for a plant tour. Oh, brilliant. I love it. No, that, I, th- I really think that's a great one. Absolutely. Another one would be, and you actually brought this up, and I, and I wrote it down, would be a billboard. Yeah, I've you heard, said somebody, a friend of yours, had a had a strong opinion as far as this goes. Yeah, and it, it is. It's one of my peers uh, at our manufacturing association, and he particularly thinks that it it could be an out of the box idea. However, I do know another one of my peers did a billboard ad and got for uh, workforce development and got nobody. It was a complete failure. You mean that he was he did the billboard in order to hire people? He did the billboard. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and he, he said it was a complete failure. Wow, that's yeah, interesting. A lot of money was spent and got no ROI on it at all. Because that is expensive. It's very expensive. Well, I guess in like more of a rural environment, it could be less expensive, but uh, you know, I mean... When you're in the Chicagoland area, you know, you're, you're not going to put a billboard sign on the, I'm thinking Ken- 10 the Kennedy Expressway for $100. Yeah, I'm thinking $10,000 a month. I would say at least, yeah. yeah. Anyway, and so, the, and then the last old school approach that that may be beneficial would be a sponsorship at an event. So as long as that event is is highly targeted, so I would not recommend mm, doing a sponsorship at a chamber. But if there's a, let's just say you do work for the printing industry and there's a printing industry event, you know, maybe sponsor one of their events. Right, that would be a much better approach. I think be- a dollar's better spent. So yeah, that's it. I, Interesting. I, out of the old school approaches, my personal favorite is a thank you note. Uh, you know what, Jason? I think you hit it dead on with that one. I, I think it's really right, really relevant. Actually, what Car Machine is doing lately is we're sending out little packages wrapped in our car color water bottles, a, a brochure showing what we do. It is a brochure, but it's a very visual experience and a pen. But what I do include in there is a personal note because there's nothing like the president of the company writing a sentence or two to thank them for their business and say, here you go. Yeah. They know then at that point, you haven't just handed it over to some marketing company who sent out, you know, a hundred of them is that you actually took the time to personally write a note on each individual. You bet. Absolutely. Brilliant. Brilliant. (laughs) Well, this wraps up this episode. We would love to hear if you enjoyed this. Please engage with us on uh, makingchips.com. Leave us a comment. Let us know any kind of feedback that you have. Absolutely. And just, uh, again, I'd like to reiterate that, you know, Jason and I aren't the experts in anything, although sometimes we like to think we are. You know, we're here just to share all our our work and manufacturing experience with you, our listeners. Uh, we sincerely thank you for listening to us. And uh, by all means, what Jason said, if there's anything that uh, you'd like to hear, please comment on it. What is our phone number, Jason? I don't remember. Okay. Go to makingchips.com. Go to our, our phone so- number is definitely on there. So if you go to makingchips.com slash contact. Yeah. Or any of our social sites, uh, look us up independently on LinkedIn. We'll be happy to connect with you. Just let us know who you are and where you're coming from. But uh, that's the end of this one. Stop cold calling right now. Don't do it anymore. Bam. Bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear and we'll see you next time on Making Chips.
You bet. Absolutely. All right. So why don't we get into it? What's that? Do you think we should say that? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) 